Ready, man. This? Ready. All right. Fired up for it? Dude, I've been excited, man. I told you. Yeah? Get your phone. Your cans on. You call them into business. The cans? The cans. Man. Ears is what uh, Rod Ryan calls them. Get your ears on. All right. All right. We have uh, clean cups of water. Oh, this is water? Yeah, people are going to recognize this from yesterday. Okay. But uh, we clean them. Okay. It is? It's cold. Mine, we cleaned. <laughs> All right, Mabry Allen. My goodness. Very nice. Yeah. It's good. You ready for this? I'm ready, baby. You in the mood? Oh, no doubt. You ever done anything like this before? Never. All right, so... Um, Here's the deal. We're going to talk, and we'll talk about uh, you and teaching, and we're going to talk about um, family. We'll talk about uh, the one that you made, the one that made you. We'll talk about teachers you've had in the past. We'll talk about your uh, classes you teach now, how we met each other, all that. We're going to tie it up with a bow at the end. Dude, that's going way back. I know. All right, here we go. I'm going to kick it off. You ready? Dude. All right, teaching a rock star, podcast style. Here we go. Let's get this thing going. We are rolling. There we go. <laughs> Teach like a rock star podcast. Mabry Allen is in the house today. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> My goodness. All right, so we're going to have a good time. We'll sort of talk about uh, how I know Mabry, all the wonderful stuff he does in his classroom. We are going to get to the bottom of some things today. We're going to figure it out, figure out all of it with Mabry. All right, before we get started, keep in mind, we have Teaching a Rockstar events coming up in January. We'll be in Florida, Jacksonville, Fort Lauderdale, Tampa. We are coming for you. And then also in February, we're back in uh, Texas, Houston, and San Antonio. Great events coming up. Hope to see you there. Mabry Allen. Thomas Mabry Allen. That's right. Pals, sponsor, teen leadership, teacher extraordinaire. How are you, brother? Cross-country coach. <laughs> I'm forgetting the important coach stuff. Coach Thomas Mabry Allen. Yes. Yeah, there's your stipend right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let me talk to you how I met. Let me talk how I, I met uh, Mabry. And, um, you know, this is fresh on my mind because I was in his classroom last week. Was it last week or two weeks? Two Fridays ago. Two Fridays ago. And um, so here, here's, here's how it went down. So I was uh, teaching. You know, I'm te I was teaching at Cy Springs High School. And at the time, I was teaching a program called PALS. And that stands for Peer Assistance and Leadership. I know we never really little s. We're never really sure what the s is for, but we put it on there, and also and uh, and and team leadership and um, and my pals program. It was handed over me uh, uh, to me by the wonderful Miss Brenda uh, Brenda Gothe mm -hmm. and um, and where is she? She at Cy Cy Lakes, Lakes man, college yeah. and career counselor. She's awesome, dude. Last year till retirement, dude. She's stoked. Just had grandbaby number four, I believe. Mm. Big time. Amazing educator. Mm -hmm. You know, it was one of those teachers where you would walk by her uh, her classroom and just stop and think, good Lord, I'm terrible. <laughs> I, mean, I feel horrible about how I taught when I watch her. And then, uh, but she she uh, she worked the PALS program and then handed it over to me. And then, and it grew, you know, we, we had, well, the school grew, so the PALS program grew. And then, um, you know, we, we created something there that I was really proud of. And, and, and what PALS is all about, it was, um, at the time, it was all seniors. Now, you have juniors and seniors in your program. Yes, sir, first year. And it was, uh, and uh, we would go to mentor children in our feeder campuses. So, you know, it, you know, the bell would ring for class. We would meet on the bus. We would head down to, a, a, you know, the, the feeder elementary or middle school. And uh, each one of our pals would meet with what we call their palies, and they would mentor those children. And so we would give them one assignment. Really, and the whole class comes down to one assignment every year, and that is, it is your job to change that kid's life. That's your one assignment. And our kids, I mean, they, these pals would just do phenomenal work with the children, and, um, and just amazing results that last forever. And of course, you know, when you have a program like that, and, and these, these kids that were in the program, I mean, I love them so much, and, uh, but I knew... You know, I got to a point where it was just time for uh, me to move on. I was doing a lot of professional development stuff for teachers, and it was, um, it was just time to go. 
and uh, and 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 I knew it. And but the challenge was I didn't know anybody in the school that could take this thing over. And so, um, you know, you know, I looked around. There's there's a couple of coaches I really believed in. We just saw one the other day. And uh, in, but you know, those guys are busy. And 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 yeah, I just couldn't find the right person. And uh, one day, you know, it was, it was beginning of school, and you know, I looked for two years, and it was the beginning of school, and we were there for a week of back to school staff development, and I was there for my one day that I would show up, you know, the day the day right before school started was the day I would go, and because you know, I was speaking on the other days, I couldn't make it, and um, and you know, we showed up in our. Uh, our, our, our group there to, to discuss and uh, whatever the topic was, I don't remember, but they, you know, we had like 300 teachers that year and they put us in a small group. It was, it was me and four other guys. And, um, and one of the guys in that group was first year teacher, Thomas Mabry Allen decked out in his slacks and his dress shirt his tie looking good for his first day. Professional, most professional I've ever looked. <laughs> Up until still, to this day. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, uh, and, of course, you know, the rest of us are shorts and flip-flops and whatever we found on the floor. And then, of course, we, you know, we had some assignment we had to do in, in our professional development small group or, or some, some sort of a collaborative work. And we, I knew I wasn't going to do it and no one else. And so we knew that this guy was all about – he had a tie on. Jeez, he had a pen and paper and he's ready to rock and – so he was working on it, and I, you know, got his attention. I said, "Hey, brother, let me first year, aren't you?" He said, "Yeah, man, first year, first year teacher. I'm ready to go." And I said, "So what are you teaching?" He goes, "English." I said, "English." Yeah, he goes, "Yeah, English, ninth grade." I said, "Ninth grade, that's exciting, man." I said, "I said, well, I guess you're real fired up for English." And he goes, "Hell no, I don't." I said, "What do you mean, hell no?" And he says, "Well, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm really, you know, you know, I mean, teach, you know, English really isn't my thing. You know, you know, I always want to be a teacher." But you know, I just kind of fell into English. I said, well, 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 then what's your thing? And he says, when I was in high school, I was a senior. I was a pal. And I said, brother, you just met your best friend. <laughs> and I knew I found my guy that was going to take this program over. And, um, and I told him, hey, listen, tomorrow, the first day of school, I will not be here. I'm going to call in sick because I, I, I was going to speak at a school. I said, what I need you to do is on your two conference periods at lunch, head down to the pals room and hang out there. And he did on the first day of school. He went down and covered the classes. And then I still remember I got a text. There was a, there was a lady who helped us, and it was her assistant in that class, and she assisted, and almost a co-teacher in a way. And her name was uh, Jamie Cunningham, and she texted me that day, and it was about noon, and, she, and, and the text I got was, you found your boy. And I knew we found the guy who was going to take this thing over. And I stuck around school for another year or two, and then and he, and he, and he stepped right in where, where I stepped out, and has even taken the program to a new level, and he's awesome, and and I'm glad he's here. You know, you know, you know how you have a few people in your life that really impact um, your teaching and and who you are. Well, he's one of those guys for me where I have a handful of teachers I've been around. Because when he came in, you know, I was at kind of at the end of my career, and he was just so new and fired up, and and just and just passionate about what he was doing. So, brother, it is an honor. Man, that's a long introduction. I'm hey, out of breath. It was great, man. It was great. <laughs> Keep it going. <laughs> it's an honor to have him on the show, man. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you, dude. I'm glad to be here, man. Uh, I'll tell you what, the thinking back on those on those years that I got to spend with you, dude, uh, talk about invaluable time that I had uh, at, with a mentor and a friend. Uh, you know, I got to meet with you every morning for a whole year, the second year, the year, the year that you left, you yeah. know, my second year of teaching. We met every single morning, and uh, on Monday, we'd plan out what we were going to do in teen leadership mm-hmm. for the whole week. Yep. And uh, then the Tuesday, we were talking specifically what we were going to do on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. And, uh, man, it's just an incredible foundation uh, for something that, that I got to build on, dude. Invaluable. Awesome. You know, those times are cool. So because we were, we were some of the first people at school. It was dark outside, and you would step into the double wide. Oh yeah, where, where I taught. You know, in a, my trailer out behind the school, and um, and it was dark, it was dark and cold in there. And mm-hmm. you know, we'd step and and you'd show up every day with your notebook ready to go, man. We would talk I would about. have to take notes, man. You you know, you could just wing it. <laughs> I needed index cards with bullet points of specific things that I was going to say at certain times. <laughs> and I still kind of operate that way. Yeah. I can, I'm a little better. Yeah, but not much. Not me. I, 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 knew, I knew where we we're gonna start. I knew where we we're gonna finish. But how we got there, I don't know. I'm gonna take the scenic route. It was always amazing too to watch, dude. Especially, God, especially as a new teacher, I think back on those days. So, uh, so what are you gonna do in Pals today? I don't know, man. I'm like, 
dude, it's about to start here in three minutes. What do you mean you don't know? I don't know, man. I'm just going to kind of see what happens. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then here you go, man, just talking to these kids, and, and uh, you would tell these incredible stories and, uh, and, and motivate them and inspire them. And, you know, by the end, you, at the beginning, you didn't know, and then by the end, they're freaking crying and, and cheering. And it's just, <laughs> you didn't know what you are going to do today? <laughs> I didn't know what their needs are. That's what I would mean. You know, it's, you know, the thing is, you know, I'm not sure. I, I, I kind of I knew, I knew kind of where I wanted to go, but how we got there – I didn't know. And so what we would do when we'd start our classes, you know, and, and you still do it. Everybody would get a chance to talk about what's great in their good life. News, you know, something yeah. good. Yeah, good news. But And sometimes, and you know, I know Coble, Chris Coble, you know, they, it's, didn't they call it like slappy or crappy every once in a while? Uh, yes. Something like that where it was either a high five news or something not so good. And um, That's right. Yeah, and so, and so we start with good news. And, you know, from that, I, I would always, you know, I could figure out a place to start from where those kids were in their lives from that news. And I would use that as kind of the springboard for getting us to where I wanted us to go. And, um, yeah, you're right, man. I had a great time that year. And, um, because, you know, you know, maybe, you know, I was a mentor in your mind to you, but you were also a mentor to me. Cause you know, that, that was invaluable for me to, cause that, that helps you really clearly think about teaching when people would ask you questions. What are you going to do? Well, that's one question. Well, how are you going to do it? You know, I don't know. I thought about that. Let me go on under, brother. You know, let me, let me think about that. So it was great, man. And so let's get to it, man. So you were, you grew up where? Gregory, Portland. Yeah. So Portland, Texas, really. Gregory, Portland is the high school uh, right outside of Corpus Christi, about 20 minutes outside of Corpus Christi. Mm-hmm. And um, isn't uh, Miss Woods from Side Springs from that same town? You know, I think so. How about that? The great Julianne Woods. Yeah. Right. And so, um, and you grew up there, and that's population, what, about 10, 12,000? Yeah, we're still rocking about 12, 14 right now. Was it 3, 4A, was it? 4A. 4A football. 4A high school, baby. Okay. So in, 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 in a kind of a country town. Yes, definitely agricultural based, cotton fields. Um, you know, my, my friends in FFA or 4-H is what it was, and then they get to FFA in high school, but they did 4-H all throughout elementary. But definitely, um, definitely very agricultural, and uh, and then also really mixed populations though, because there's a high Hispanic population. Gregory is mostly Hispanic, Portland mostly middle class, mostly white, but growing Hispanic population nowadays. Um, and, uh, and so there was your agricultural and then there was your workers, mm -hmm. blue collar. Right. And so was, was there, was in, in the school and you know, I guess, especially like starting at the junior high, was there distinct populations that, I mean, like, you know, in the lunchroom, was it really segregated? These kids sat here, those kids sat there and, or was there a mix going on? I hung out with, with mostly, you know, guys that look like me. Uh -huh. um, there was a couple of Hispanics that we did hang out with. Uh, I would say if you're just to glance around the lunchroom, there's probably a little bit more mixture than straight segregation. Mm -hmm. Cool. And so for you in, in junior high, let's just start there. What was, what was your scene? Were you an athlete? Were you an academic guy? Were you a band guy? What were you? In, uh, in seventh grade, man, I actually played every sport they offered. Only kid in the whole school. I did, I did tennis. I did football. I did basketball. I did track. Uh, and yeah, that was all of them, man. Right. And so, and, and you're tall. No, brother, how, what are you about? You're about six four. Six four. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> 64 inches. And so, um, and so you are six foot four. Now, in the seventh grade, how tall were you? Whew, probably, I was probably Bowman height. <laughs> What are you? <laughs> 64 inches what i'm telling you five foot four baby okay uh yeah i was probably right around there five, five foot i don't know that's crazy I'll, me too i was about five foot four in the third grade <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not much i mean I was, I was stealing lunch money in the third grade brother all right so you um so you're you're mr athlete now uh how were you doing academically I've always, I was always a B student. Yeah. Never very successful until later in college. All right. So you're, you're rocking the B thing. Oh, yeah. And um, eighth grade, no problem. Nope. What was, your, what was your situation at the house? Supportive parents? Yeah, yeah. Parents uh, were together. Um, you know, they had their arguments. It definitely wasn't, you know, the, the, the perfect uh, or what you would call the perfect family. Mm -hmm. um, my mom uh, w w play, did kind of like the everything thing uh, where, you know, my dad would come home from work and uh, he was going to eat and he was going to go to his recliner and he was going to watch the sitcoms and like that was dad. And then mom was our coach. Mom was our homework helper. Like mom, mom was everything. Mm -hmm. Big time mama's boy. I mean, yeah. In a heartbeat. Uh, yeah. Mama's cooking. I know. I remember. <laughs> And so, and then you have uh, siblings. Two brothers. I'm the oldest, so I got one that was two grades younger than me, mm -hmm. uh, Danny. And then Trey was oof, four years younger than me. 
four grades, I guess. All right, so here's here, here's where I want to get into a little bit. So um, if I remember right, there's there's some there's a, there's a little bit of a difference between what was happening with you all through school and then your brothers. Is that true? Or were they equally successful as you? Well, when I left the house, things changed drastically. Whenever I graduated from high school and went off to college. All right, we're going to get there. Okay. Hang in there. All right, so eighth grade, and you go to high. Let me ask you this. Up until eighth grade, K through eight, is there a teacher that you can think in those early grades that you can still remember? And like, it's like almost as if you can step back into that classroom and still remember um, the impact, that interaction, that feeling that you had when you would walk in there. The first, the first three people I think about, mm -hmm. two negatives, one positive. <laughs> Let's get the, the negatives. We don't have to say any names, but what was the situation? Um, teacher A. Okay, Teacher A. I just remember her just being angry all the time, man. Yeah. She was one. She was. Uh, she was older. Um, I don't know if she was sent to sell to retirement or what, but gosh, she was just mad and yelling. You know, nothing mm -hmm. was ever good enough. No one was ever quiet enough. It was math. I hated math too. <laughs> But, uh, and uh and then the the other one um dude i remember I, I, we were doing what were we doing man two things that i remember about her and both of them had physical contact in them this is teacher b this is teacher b yeah, the second one we were doing i guess we were doing like maybe a spelling bee or something i was out of my seat all right and, and but i was supposed to be like everybody was you know, everybody's in different places and she grabs me by the ear dude and pulls me back to my desk <laughs> by my ear <laughs> And I remember feeling it pop, you know, and it was burning hot for, you know, the rest of the day. It was, oh, God. And, uh, and then the second time. Hold on. Can you imagine, like, now, like, I mean, like, in your district, if you grabbed a kid and dragged him by, by the ear? <laughs> There's no way, dude. dude. You'd be gone real quick. They would arrest you. Yeah. yeah. I'd probably be on the news. <laughs> Someone would have videoed it. Right. Exactly. YouTube. <laughs> right. And so, and so um, she grabs you by the ear, drags you back, and... Um, and and this is how many years? How many years ago? Like at, I'm like, in like third grade, dude. So I just sit on my desk and cry. <laughs> she hurt my feelings. Yeah. And so um and so and and you're still and you still remember it. You still talk about it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I hadn't thought about it in a long time though. It but it's in there, right? Oh yeah. Definitely. In there forever. Every time you look in an ear, you cry. <laughs> All, right. All right. So you uh so so now give me the positive one. All right, the positive one, uh, I can go back to second grade, man. First uh, teacher that, that really impacted me. My first grade teacher is really awesome, too. But I have a lot more more memories from my second grade teacher. Uh, and I guess it was, you know, be, I don't, I'm trying to think of what it was. I was trying to almost said, I guess it was because. But uh, I really can't put my finger on exactly why I remember her being so awesome. But she just ha always had a smile on her face. I remember her full name, Mrs. Vivian Flores. Nice. Miss Flores, man. And uh, now I still have kids with the last name Flores, and I'm like automatically like, oh, Miss Flores. All right. <laughs> uh, just from seeing her name. Um, and, uh, and so in second grade, uh, you know, I, 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 st I never really figured out school. And it took me until I was about a junior in college, like my second junior year, maybe my first and a half junior year uh, of college to really figure out school. Um, but I think she helped me a, a lot. I mean, she was just all, she was very patient. And uh, and she would just work with us slowly and, and meet us where our needs were, and and then then get us uh, to where we needed to be. Yeah, patient, nice. You still remember? You see her name, and it triggers all those emotions. Oh yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it? Happy, fluffy. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh, it is incredible. All right, and so and so you 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 head into your uh, high school years and uh, talk to me, Matt. What was what was the deal? What was going on? Well, man, high school was awesome, man. I, uh, so I don't know why I was thinking about this the other day, but I was trying to think of my, my, the best grades of my life, right? And it was fifth grade, ninth grade, and twelfth grade. Uh, and uh, it wasn't, n none of them had to really do with teachers. It was more just about, like, I was a really social scene guy, man. I had a group of friends, and we, we were always together. We had a group of girls that always hung out, so we would hang out together. Uh, and, uh, we, you know, we'd go to the movies, we'd go out to eat, we'd go, we'd party together. Um, and so my freshman year, one of my best friend's brother was a senior in high school, quarterback on the football team, and he was not ashamed to have a freshman as a brother, and he took us everywhere with him. And uh, man, it was so much fun. Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was incredible. Rock stars. <laughs> yeah, as freshmen, <laughs> right, hanging out with the big boys. That's good. 
And so you're still doing your BC thing all the way through uh, uh, high school in terms of grades, Bs. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, surprised with an A here every now and then, but uh, yeah, I, I think I, my my final average when I graduated was like eighty five point five. Okay, so you're doing great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, well, compared to me. <laughs> and so, and so, is it this? Is it a thing where you know you're going to college? Like, is is it something that's talked about in your family? This is what you do. You don't have a choice. You're going. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. It was where are you going. Right, exactly. Not if you're going. I, at one point, I even said I was thinking about taking a year off, and my dad just laughed. Right. Absolutely not. You know what happens <laughs> when you take a year off? You don't go. Yeah, that's true. That's what happens. All right, and so, um, which is an interesting thing, because, you know, we talked about it on the podcast yesterday with um, Yvonne Taylor of YvonneWrites.com, and what we were talking about, how amazing it is for kids that don't have that support system in place at this point to even go to college. I mean, all that's required of them. I mean, just the application, you you know, that whole Common App and the online thing, and, and just to know the rules of getting into college. It's phenomenal if you don't have that support system at home that expects what you do. And you, I mean, like for you, it's even beyond an expectation. It's, it's not... If you're going, it's where. Mm-hmm. It's not when you're going. It, you're going now, and it's where. And so, where did you go? Well, I started off at Blinn Junior College in College Station, Texas. All right, now how did you well, choose Brian, that? Texas. Because someone once <clears throat> said, if you can't win, you go to Blinn. Is that true? I guess so. <laughs> uh, you know, I only applied to one college, and that was in June. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> After I graduated. Right. Uh, that, I mean, that, that was me, man. I, I, I knew I was going to Blinn. We even took a, a college day to go up to A&M. I didn't have the grades to get in at A&M. Um, but it was because that best friend's brother was at A&M, and so he wanted to eventually get into A&M, so we both decided we were going to go to Blinn together. All right. So how, so, so how long did you last there? October, into <laughs> September. It's highly unsuccessful. So you didn't even make uh, it the semester. No, oh, no, no. <laughs> I, got, I went home quick. Uh, had a girlfriend at home, man, and uh, we broke up, dude, and I thought, you know, I was never going to be with her again, and so I moved home so I could be closer in proximity, and we got back together. We're not married or anything, thank right. God. Uh, but anyways, that's a totally different story. All right. But yeah, that's, yeah, that's what we do. It was fast and terrible. All right, so what was the problem? I just didn't know how to be a student. I mean, the problem with school was I didn't know how to be a student. Yeah. You know, I, I started skipping class. I didn't know how to study. Um, I mean, I was, I was maybe getting a C in one class, and the rest of them I was either not going to or was definitely failing. All right, so you chose to come home. Where did your parents come get you? Um, no, I chose to go home. All right, so you went home. I asked if I could go home. My parents said, yeah. Okay, and so you go home, and you go back, and you're back in the bedroom at your house, yeah. eating mama's cooking, mm-hmm. hoping she's going to clean your clothes, and what, do you have to get a job or what? No, uh, they, I knew I was going to get back into school um, mm-hmm. that next semester, so uh, actually, no, I did get a job. Uh, it would just happen by chance. On the way home, I was eating at a restaurant, and one of my favorite teacher ever, Mrs. Jerry Mangeris, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, incredible lady, um, I had her my 11th grade year, second semester, and then my senior year in English. Definitely changed the path of my life. But anyways, uh, so I, 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 we go to this restaurant and her husband happens to be there and I remember meeting him. And so we started talking. I told him I was back home and it's like, well, I knew he was an artist. He did, like, did sculptures. Yeah. And he's like, well, you know, I, I need somebody to work around uh, the shop. I said, well, yeah, I'm, I'm free. So, <laughs> uh, so he paid me minimum wage yeah. and we went out to eat for lunch every day and I had no money at the end of the week. There you go. It, dude, I, I, I mean, I, whenever I went back to school, I was done. Couldn't, right. couldn't hang with that. Okay, so um, before we move on, now, now, now tell me about this teacher. Miss Mangeris? Yeah. Oh, man, best ever, dude. Um, so I, I, my junior year, I had to switch classes uh, at semester, and I get placed in Mrs. Mangeris's class. And uh, kind of going back to Miss Flores, where she meets you where you're at and then takes you where you are, she's the only teacher I've ever had that separated her classroom into where students were, not where students were successful in, but where their academic level was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I first got placed in her class, uh, I, was, I was really focused on my school and, and, and well, on English, and I, and I really liked her class. Um, and so I was kind of like with the advanced group, and it was really cool for me. So like we were reading different books, and the other kids were reading. They were reading straight out of the, you know, the big English book that you get, and we had our own novels. Um, and so she made separate assignments within her one class period. Very cool. What a teacher, man. Yeah, yeah, right on. Most people don't want to do that. No, no, no. And so, and then you had her a second time. I had her my senior year as well. And For senior English or? Yeah, senior English. Same thing. And, um, and I, I think she took, 
English and put it into our lives. It wasn't that our lives had to fit what she was teaching. It was she took the books that we were reading and the stories that we read and, uh, and made it to, to where we could apply it to our lives um, and, and think about it on our level. And uh, it was a total game changer. That's the reason I got into English. That's why I wanted to teach English. I, I went into a, a college as a history major. Um, and, and I quickly changed because my thought process was, well, history is the same. Mm-hmm. It's not changing. Right. But when you, read Eng- when you read a novel, when you read a story, uh, you can take that and you can apply it in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And you can really teach character and you can teach life through English. You can do it through history as well. But I felt like English was the best platform for that. I get it for English too. Because I know even when I go back and reread a book, especially like a heavy book, you know, comparing, you know, now where I'm at compared to 10 years ago in terms of who I am, it, the book has a whole different meaning. Yeah. You know, so the meaning changes along with who you are as a person. And your experiences. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I get it. All right, so that's awesome. And so let me ask, have you ever, uh, have you ever thanked her? Yeah, dude. I actually, uh, with just within this last three weeks, I scrolled down to the bottom of my emails, mm-hmm. way, way down. And uh, she was the very last one that I saved in my email box. And, uh, and so, yeah, I've emailed her since I've been a teacher and I kind of updated her on my life. The last time I talked to her, I had just had Jackson. So that was about, uh, well, he's almost five. So that was probably, it was probably Christmas around almost his first birthday. But uh, yeah, just emailed her to let her know where I was and what I was doing and to thank her. And uh, I did that with a couple of professors too. Nice. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm all about uh, the gratitude and, and letting people know that how they've impacted me and thanking them. Yeah. And so did she uh, reply? Yeah, yeah, we had it. We uh, that con- I read the whole conversation from bottom to top uh, on that email, and uh, she was telling me how she had left uh, Gregory Portland and went to Miller, and Miller was what I, I did my student base, uh, my student what do they call it? Student teaching. No, the field base. All right, the one right before student teaching, and uh, dude, Miller's a tough world. I mean, it's a total, totally different ball game there. Hundred percent low socioeconomic, um, and it's just rough, rough, rough. And uh, they actually, it was so bad. They, they missed AYP for so many years in a row that they had, to, they had to make all the teachers reapply for their positions. Mm-hmm. They ended, and then, so that was one time. Okay. Then, then they ended up uh, firing all their teachers and making them reapply for their positions. So I guess the first time, like, it was like, if you applied, you got your job back. Right. But this time they fired them all, and some of them didn't get their job back. And so when she came over from Gregory Portland, uh, she was the oldest person in her department, which probably in her, her mid-40s. Uh, and, um, and she was department chair, first day on the job. And she, she got hired. And all right, well, you want to be department chair? Because you're the old, most, one with the most experience. <laughs> so she was saying that uh, most, of the kid, most of the people she was teaching with were my age. Um, and this is so I was about 25 then. And, uh, and she was just saying how much she loves it. She feels like the mama there. And you know, she's just really enjoying it. She's a special, special lady. Just still teaching. Oh yeah, like awesome. a rock star. Yeah, indeed. All right, and so um, and so you go off and you and you've uh, finished at at what college? Texas A and M Corpus Christi. So that's where I yeah that's where I started after Blinn. Okay, and so how many years? How many years does this thing take? Well, I mean, technically, since I took that semester, I didn't get any credits. Five and a half, technically. Five and a half, technically. Six full years from graduation. For those of you keeping score at home, six years. Mm-hmm. All right, and uh, and you student taught where? Uh, well, I did my field base at Miller, and then I did my student teaching at Carroll High School. How'd it go? It was it was cool, man. Um, I, my at field base, right? I had these professors that we would meet with before school, and then or uh, not before school in the first periods of the day, and then we'd go to our, our classrooms, right? And uh, at both the places, the uh, the the teacher I had was experienced, but just not necessarily motivated. And uh, so the first one I went to, he was an AP and he got fired from the AP position. And the only job he could find was this English one position at Miller High School. Um, just to give you a little background on him. Yeah. Don't remember his name at all. I just remember that he uh, needed a lot of help. Right. And, and sometimes I was the help, you know, not even <laughs> experienced, right? Um, and then the second place, she was real experienced and she had huge potential. Um, but she just, I don't know, caught the lazy bug. I mean, dude, she was lazy, man. Huh. I mean, I, I, she, had, she made me a key to her room because she couldn't get to school before, before the time I would get there. Right. I mean, but you know, I'm, I'm kind of early. Yeah. But, uh, but still, uh-huh. she got in trouble for making me that key, by the way. It broke off in the door the first time I used it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're stuck out there, yeah. and they want to know where's her key, but you got the other key. How'd you get the key and all that? And she, all right. You can't, repro- you can't reproduce these keys. All right. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I had, to, I had to go find another teacher that would that would get there as early as me so I could go use her classroom because uh, all the hallways were outside. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, weather is terrible in Corpus. It's always windy and it's either super hot or freezing cold. Right, right. All right. So, um, and, and so, uh, you, in it's, hey, man, it's time to look for a job, right? You got, you graduate. And I remember you, uh, you, you, you go to the typical job fair and this is back when, man, you could, you could pretty much write your own ticket. Oh yeah. Teaching positions were everywhere. Yep. Everywhere. And I remember about, I remember seeing studies where in Texas at that, at that time, there were maybe five, five to 6,000 unfilled teaching positions where they just had long-term subs. Where they could, they just not enough people. That's a huge number. Yeah, and dude, I don't know if you noticed, but times have changed. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so you, and so you go to the job fair, and uh, and which one did you go to? San Antonio or uh, Houston, Dallas? Or well, the first the first job fair I remember going to was just A and M Corpus Christi. Uh-huh. You know, they just had all all the the people come in um, from their administration buildings. Can't can't think of the term or what position that they hold. Right. Um, but yeah, dude. So they had this big old job fair, man, and I have you know a dozen resumes and. I'm just kind of going around, and um, me and my wife, we were kind of set on on saying, well, my girlfriend at the time, were, were we engaged? I don't know. Anyways. How many times have you been engaged? Just one time. Okay. Uh, I just can't remember if we were engaged by that time or not. Right. Yeah, we were. We were engaged, because we were going to get married that summer. Um, so me and my fiance, right. we uh, were going around. We were thinking we were going to be in San Antonio, right? My family's in Corpus. Her family's in Houston. Boom, San Antonio in the middle. So we try real hard for San Antonio, man. They're all about Amber. They're not about Mabry. Uh-uh. San Antonio, they didn't have that teacher shortage, I guess. Dude, uh-uh. I was applying inner school. Let me tell you something, brother. They had it. They do, dude. They didn't. They, they, they didn't like me. No, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm trying. It's, 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 a, it's a you problem. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> all um, right. So forget all that stuff you said in the introduction about how I'm using it. <laughs> uh, and uh, and so then, dude, so so San Antonio is frustrating, right? Because they're all about Amber, not about Mabry. And uh, and then so we're. I'm like, all right. Well, you know, I'm kind of scared of Houston because Corpus was a big city to me, and Corpus is like the size of Katy. Right. You know, and Corpus is, is small. It's smaller than Katy now. Um, and, uh, and so I'm like, all right, well, you know, I guess we'll start applying to Houston, you know, and within two weeks, man, Cy, uh, Cy Fair, uh, offered both of us a job and, um, and, and Amber ended up taking a job in KDISD and then there I was in Cy Fair ISD. Sitting Cy, right next to me, bro. Cy Springs High School, Gene Selaski. Right there. Signing me up. Uh-huh. Signed you on to the team. Mm-hmm. Varsity squad. <laughs> I hear you. All right. And so we are in there and we start teaching and, and man, in that first year, you were T was it, it was it was freshman English right Am English I, English one yeah. I was fortunate man I had English one on level and English one K which is kind of like pre AP right and um, and man so you saw the vast Grand Canyon of difference between on level and K oh yeah I mean I mean Grand Grand Canyon is a pretty good yeah, description it is huge totally different worlds it is and so um, how how was it for you that first year. Oh, tough, man. You struggled, brother. Oh, it was real bad. Um, you know, they, they, when we were doing our field base, they talked about, you know, this curve, this teaching curve that your first year teaching experience, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so you start off, you know, at this high point, and then... And that's then called the honeymoon. You And then you kind of go down, and you hit rock bottom, and that's about nine weeks in. That's called and, reality. And, yeah, <laughs> and, and then, you know, you start, you know, retooling and focusing, and you end about where you started, right? That's called drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe end a little bit lower than what you said. Uh, and, uh, and I remember them going over this. And I remember them going over like three or four times. And I'm just thinking, no, I mean, that's not me. I'm just I'm going to kill this, man. And uh, nine weeks into it, dude, I was trying to figure out what else I could do with my degree and what master's programs I could get in to get me a different job. Yeah. Because, uh, dude, I, I did not think that I could do it. It was... Uh, it was ba- you know, it's like pounding your head into some cinder blocks, you know? That's not that's not going anywhere. No. And here it is, man. Let me tell you why. It, you know, this is I mean there's a lot of reasons why, but here's my little Bowman philosophy on a thing. You know, teaching is I can't think of another profession on the planet where they ask of you the first day teacher to be responsible for the same quality of 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 instruction or the qu- or quality of a job right. whatever it is production yeah than a 30 year veteran yeah so a 30 year awesome teacher like a uh, Brenda Gothe or or your Jerry Mangeris Jerry Mangeris uh, so they you still on the first day you're expected to be just as good as, and 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 the, and and what and by the way what we're talking about are the lives of kids you know what i mean this is we're not we're not making something in the sheet metal shop we're talking about the future and the lives of people, and it is, and you know what it is, man. It's the pressure of that. It's the pressure of being frustrated with yourself 
because you can see somebody great across the hall and you can see quality teaching and they're great and you and you don't you don't know what to do you know and so here you are with these kids and you just don't know what to do and you and and you struggled everybody's done yeah, yeah man, and, and going back to it um you know I, I wasn't concerned about this tax test Right. I mean, yes, I, I, I guess officially I had to be concerned about that tax test. But what I got into it was to help these kids improve their lives. Yeah. And, and here I am trying and trying and trying and nothing, nothing, just no production. Yeah. It was it was so frustrating because, you know, I'm giving them second chances. I'm talking to them individually. You know, I have to call parents. Oh, I hate calling parents have to call parents and uh and, and it's just the same thing man and um but you you helped me through that time big time i have no recollection of that but you're welcome well a couple of, one the main conversation i remember was just more motivation because i had said yeah you know i don't know about, i don't know if i'm gonna be here next year and so you pulled me aside you're like hey look man and then you told me the whole thing about I'm trying i'm trying to get out of this you know and mm -hmm. i don't think i think i find and you're the man i want Oh well, I think I can hang on. <laughs> I can hang on if I can get your gig eventually. Um, but then, but then the other big thing, uh, and, and it's something I still teach pals, and what you taught pals, um, was was that you know just because you are trying these things and saying these things and and, and putting all this time and effort and energy into these kids, doesn't mean they're going to change this school year. But you're planting those seeds, and those seeds are, are going to get watered, and those seeds are going are to grow roots, and those seeds are going to sprout, and eventually they're going to change, and it's going to be because of the work you did then. Right. You're, you might not see it now, but eventually it'll happen. And, uh, and so that, that was a big-time motivator for me. It just kind of kept, um, kept me grounded and kept me focused on, on not right now but the future yeah and you know what the way i look at it i mean if you're re first of all you have to really identify the reason that you're there if it really is for the future of those kids and, and, and you know and for this mindset to work it has to be like if that's truly it the way i look at it and, and i just thought of this because we, we were at a garage yard sale garage sale thing recently and i saw this game and his game is called um break the camel's back and what it is it's this plastic camel right and and on the feet it has the um, wheels, has wheels on the feet. And, you know, in between those two humps, what lies is this basket that hangs over on each side. And what you have to do is put these handfuls of straw into these baskets. And everybody gets a turn, right? And then there's this hinge in the middle of the camel, and it gets lower and lower and lower. And eventually, one of those pieces of straw, the camel goes down, right? I think about it like that. Like, I'm thinking that, like, I'm trying to think of these kids, you know, I'm putting as much straw as I can in the basket. The truth is, maybe I'm going to have enough time and, 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 and inspiration and content and you know, to get it into their noggin and their heart where, where that kid is going to crack for the better. Maybe not. But all I know, it's going to be someday, it might be next year, it might be three years, that, that, that one little piece of thing that goes into the kid's basket is going to change that kid's life in that moment. But what I know, it wasn't that one little thing. You know what it was? It was me putting all that stuff into that basket. Because if I didn't spend a whole year doing that, that one little thing that somebody else said, it wouldn't have mattered. It would have just been one little thing for the basket. I'm loading this kid up with everything. And so, you know, that's why, that's the way I look at it, you know, with those challenging classes that we've all had, you know. And you had a whole year of them. Two. <laughs> i'm not forgetting that second one uh -uh. dose uh, baby uh-huh and then i remember one of the semesters didn't i challenge you i said man what if your kids had to make an a remember i said that yeah what, what if they all had to like you didn't have a choice like it like it wasn't a want to it was a have to what if they like your life depended on that they all made an a that was my second year teaching, uh -huh. and uh, that was that's where the inspiration for the Difference Maker came. The uh, activity I still do in teen leadership, but I started it with my English kids. Mm -hmm. It was this English on level class. It was the only English on level class I had, and so I told them that one six weeks, man, everybody's getting an A. We're we're all doing it. We're all in the, in the ship together. Everybody's everybody's on board, and and we're all getting an A. We're gonna do whatever it takes. Yeah. And uh, I have one kid, one holdout. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, like a class of a, I was twenty-seven probably. Yeah, one holdout, I'll take it. Yeah, every time. Yeah, every time. That's amazing. It, it was, it was pretty phenomenal. The difference maker. The difference maker. I love it. All right, and so then, and so I leave, and you move into the pals position. Mm -hmm. And now you do, uh, you teach pals. You're the pal sponsor. 
and it's juniors and seniors. And uh, you guys go to uh, the feeder schools, and each one of your pals is a pally that they mentor. They spend, uh, what do you guys get, about 40, 45 minutes? Uh, it's a little bit less um, right now. It probably, probably at some schools, 30, 35. 30, 35 minutes uh, once a week. Travel time, and then they have to get back to class because instructional time in elementary school is no joke. Yeah. Dude, those principals are Nazis about it. Yeah, absolutely. And so they're seeing the um, – you, so your pals see the same pally each week, just to be clear. They're given that one student in that one school that they go to on that one day. So they have a Tuesday pal, a Wednesday pal, and a Thursday pally. Exactly. Okay. And so um, tell us about that, man. Oh, man. Well, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Um, there's something about being in a room full of kids that are having quality conversations, that are smiling, that are laughing, that are playing games, that is so inspirational and heartwarming that it's even hard, hard to put words to it. You know, I've, I've told my appraiser, uh, my, last, my last four appraisers, you, know, you, you have to come to a school with us one time. You have to come, you have to come see it. Because it's 60 kids in one room, and they're all having a great time, and, and you, can just, you can just feel the, feel the energy, man. It's the love, baby. It's incredible. Um, and, uh, I guess for, you know, the, 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 travel there, I enjoy the travel there. I drive the bus now. And so <laughs> to me, it makes a lot more fun. I would never drive a bus. We get to pump up the jams. Uh-huh. Uh, it saves us a ton of money, a ton of money. Oh, I remember uh, my bill. Listen, okay. Let's talk about your bill. I don't even know. Was it, um, I want to say I got a phone call and apparently I didn't fill out the right paperwork to let them know it was coming. And so it wasn't in the budget and Jan, the finance secretary, lovely lady. I think I still owe her somewhere in the neighborhood of $10,000. That is the highest bill. For a semester, I believe. Yes, for one semester. Yeah. Okay, you want to know how much our travel bill costs this semester? I just got the bill. How much? $734.40, baby. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> now, now, right when you left, we did some things to to shrink that bill, right? Because that because right when right when Bowman left was uh, right about the time that those first rounds of budget cuts came, mm -hmm. and I mean it was you know mass chaos, man. Everybody was scared, um, and so we did some things then to shrink the budget. Then, um, so we took it from it was probably about seven thousand dollars a semester to about three, mm -hmm. and uh, then when I started driving the bus, man, we're talking about it's one third of the cost. Yeah, dude, let me tell you something. I would have drove the bus. I couldn't reach the pedals. I couldn't see over the steering wheel, and I couldn't reach the pedals. All right? Just just to be clear. They would have accommodated you. They would have had to. <laughs> Could have had a big lawsuit for them. <laughs> All right. And so, um, and uh, man, you still love it. I was just, I, you know, I was just in your class, and um, I have to tell you, man, I was just, uh, you know, I was ready this time. I wasn't ready. The first time I came to you, you know, a couple years ago. That was funny. Dude, I, I just was just, I was just so, because here's the thing, man. I'm going back to my class. It's my program. Yeah. And I You're show in the up. portable again? Yeah. It's still, it's a, that's my room. Mm -hmm. In my program, it's my class, and I show up, and I don't know who these people are. And you're, and it's your, I, you know, but it's your class, and it's your program, and they're your kids, and they love you. They don't even know me. I remember you were in the Twilight Zone, man. I was spaced out. I could not even figure out. I could see flashbacks going on through your eyes. Yeah. I look at your eyes, and it's just like you're spinning, man. <laughs> it, was like, it was crazy. It was crazy. I tried to get past you to the floor, and you're like, no, I'm just here just to watch. Bowman, watch? <laughs> this guy, he talks forever. Yeah. All right. So um, I, I, didn't, I, I, was, uh, I struggled. I did, man. I was emotional. The last it. period, man, you brought, I brought some great mojo the last period. Did I? Do you want, you want me to remind you? Yeah, I remember. You can't read the label from inside the bottle. Oh, that's heavy. <laughs> so heavy, man. It's so deep. <laughs> it was the last period of the day, and he finally cut. Hey, I got something. <laughs> He's like, you're, you're talking about these kids, you know, and, uh, and you're talking about their problems, but check this. <laughs> you can't read the label from inside the bottle. And it's silence, right? You can hear the silence, which I'm terrible at doing. I don't ever wait for the silence. I love the silence. You're, yeah, you're great at it, man. Dude, I was thinking that whenever sick. you were at that. Just at let them lay in it. I can't, I'm, I'm terrible at it. Uh, they, uh, they, they're marinating in it. it it's good stuff. I, yeah. need, I need to, I need to um, put it in my mojo, but I don't have it. Um, and so you say that, right? And then it's dead silent. Can't read the message from inside the bottle. <laughs> 
and and so so you explain it right yeah you know he he's involved in this he's living this but he's, he he doesn't know what he is he doesn't know that he has these problems yeah. yeah and so i i took it you know i wrote it down put it on my note on my note card for the next week i yeah, guess it was course. monday and uh, and so i'm like all right guys you know bowman finally talked yesterday and, and <laughs> this or friday and uh, and so this is what he said what do you get from that nobody got it <laughs> nobody was like and so I would tell them, no, guys, they're, they're in the problem. They are the problem. They can't see what their problems are because they're engrossed in them. Oh, <laughs> that's so deep. I'm like, yeah, it is. I would have told you if I thought it was terrible. Yeah. The, the, I can't remember the things they were coming up with, but it, I was cracking up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and then, uh, listen, man, so um, but what, what I was going to say is, uh, but even in the moment, even, even as I was a space cadet because I just couldn't figure out what, what, what had happened and what was going on, was, man, it was just so good to see you with those kids. And, and you were, um, man, just powerful. And, and be, in that relationship you had with them and that moment at the door, man, everybody's getting fist bumped and high-fived and chest bumped and the love, <laughs> man. It was, it was great, dude. And then coming in and just see those kids – you know what it is? It's that unspoken processy that's so ingrained in how the class has started. They know exactly. There's no, you know, there's no rules on the wall. There's no. This is what we do in here. And as soon as they would cross the threshold of the door and join that family, which is what it was in there, man. It was this beautiful family, and they all and they all sit down in you know and you know in the circle and they come in and they're so happy to see each other and to see the relationships in that room, you know, that those kids build not just between you and them but each other collectively, interpersonally. And then when you come in and close the door and everybody looks, I mean, it's silent and they look up at you and you begin class and it was just such a man. I was just so proud of um you and and those kids and, and all that you were doing and and even now man you know i was there um two fridays ago and uh it's such a beautiful thing it is man it's uh i, I can't even tell you how much i've changed since i've started teaching pals um those kids influence me and, and impact me and motivate me to be a better person every year and it, it, it doesn't stop um you know this is i say this is year five which is pretty good still sounds you know kind of young mm -hmm. right or kind of early in, in in my teaching career i disagree um, by the way seven years total because let me tell you fifth something. year as a pal sponsor but you know this is your this is your fifth year i can tell you there's a lot of 10 10 year teachers but they're really first year teacher 10 times you know what i mean <laughs> yeah they're doing the same thing and so but what i mean the difference is that you're a fifth year teacher a true fifth year teacher there's some teachers been around for five years but they're really a second year teacher you know what i mean so as a fifth year teacher it's true man those kids because once you you know relinquish this whole thing of you know i've got the big desk you've got the small desk shut up and say you know and you know and it's this us thing and and we're and man this is our family man i just happen to be at the front you know of the room that's the only difference is um they change your life man it's it's huge it's huge man i have i have continued to to progress and uh you know i, I just can't believe how awesome these kids are at the age of 17 and 18 mm -hmm. how, how how they have their stuff together it's it's incredible yeah i don't know about you but do you ever get this one because you know you do interviews for the uh oh, yeah. so i would sit there at these interviews and with these kids and these kids would start talking and telling stories and i don't know about you i would sit there, and, and then i would have the same experience when they on the first day when they would all get all these amazing kids that made it into the program in one room i would have this moment like on the first day i would think oh my gosh they're going to figure me out. <laughs> I need to get it together. I need to really get my life together. They're going to they're gonna know I'm faking this whole thing, man. You know, I would, cause they're just so smart and, and well adjusted and they think deeply and critically. And they have credible values and morals that they stick to. And there's no wavering that. Yes. It's amazing. It really is. It's ridiculous. I always ask their parents, like, you know, the ones that show up on uh, on Open House, like... You mean, you know, mean the four of them? Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, you know, guys, you know, I'm a new parent. I'm a new dad, right? You know, I have a, I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. Um, what'd you do? What's your biggest piece of advice? Like, you know, how'd you create these awesome kids? And, uh, you know, I get I get varied answers, but um, but that, that is one of the things that, that I'm really intrigued by is, is how do you produce that? Like, what can I do to make sure that my kids grow to be that? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot. I mean, the nature, the nurture thing, there's a lot of parenting, I think. But also, man, these kids were just born with a whole lot of good stuff in that double helix of the DNA, man. There's a lot of goodies in there. So true. I, I, I had another teacher come up to me at uh, Hopper Middle School um, and say, you know, yeah, I'm trying to start this program. And, you know, I want, it, I want them to be mentors and kind of ambassadors. Um, I want to teach a bunch of character buildings. How do you teach your students? I'm like, they kind of come with it, you know, I'm sorry, but you know, like I, I, I try to weed through, you know, the, this big group of kids and, and dwell it down to, to the best of the best. And, and they're already coming with all this great stuff. So I'm, I mean, I'm fortunate I don't have to teach it to them. You know, I, I teach them how to mentor kids, right? And I give them ideas and tips. But, um, but when it comes to teaching them character, they got it. Yeah. And it's, it's ingrained. That's the difference between me and you, man. I would have taken full credit for that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> she wanted lessons. Though. I mean, yeah. Like, uh, sorry. Right. Here's some teen leadership stuff. Yeah, and so, uh, and man, you're just doing such great work. And and uh, and and so, let me ask you this, man: Are you? Uh, what do you think? Are you? Are you, are you a lifer? I can't imagine being anywhere else. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, if 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 this whole palace thing fell apart, I can't imagine going back to the English classroom. Yeah. And give me twelfth grade, please. Right. Pretty please. Whatever I gotta do to get there. Yeah. Um. But uh, I, I hope so. I, I love it. I mean, uh, when, when I was in high school, I thought I kind of thought you were going here earlier. Um, when I was a senior, my plan was to be an assistant principal. Mm -hmm. What are you going to be when you grow up? I'm going to be, an, I'm be a, well, I'm going to be a principal is what, I, what my ultimate goal was. But I was going to be an AP <clears throat> as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. I was going to graduate, get my master's, and hopefully my, my goal was within three years of graduating with my master's and got an AP position. That's the rule. you got to have a master's and three years of experience. Uh -huh. You can rock the AP thing. And, and dude, I, that's where I was going, man. Yeah. And, uh, and dude, I remember like the first couple of weeks at Sy Springs, I'm in the classroom and I'm in the hallways and I'm like, this, this hallway thing in for me, this class, this classroom is where I'm meant to be. Uh -huh. Um, so I could maybe still see myself getting there eventually. Like what I say right now is like when my kids go to college, maybe I'll do my master's thing. Sure. Um, but for now, man, uh, I'm, I'm loving it. And for the, <clears throat> for the near future, I can't imagine being anywhere else. Yeah. Awesome. And you know, I'll tell you one, one of the coolest things I saw in your classroom, you know what it was? I looked on your little bul your little bulletin board there. Oh, yeah. Your mementos. My little personal space. Uh-huh. And, uh, man, you have, I haven't seen one of these ever, except for the day you have the first original <laughs> lanyard from the very first ever Teach Like a Rockstar event. It's autographed too, baby. Autographed with a little stick figure on it. No, yep. I don't have the certificate of authenticity. I'm working on that. But one of these days. <laughs> it's going on eBay, huh? <laughs> one of these days. I might be a rich man. <laughs> and so, uh, and I, you know, I still remember that gig, man. That was the very first one. We just came up with this concept and uh, did it right there in Sci Fair at the uh, Mausoleum. What's that place called? Berry Center. Yeah, the Berry Center. The Mataj de Berry. Yeah. And, uh, and it was it was a great day, man. We had uh, teachers from all over Sci-Fair, and and it was my first time to ever present the content in that style and in that format and that whole anecdotal thing where we wrap it up at the end. And um, and I thought it went, it, it, it went, I mean, it went really well. Oh, it was great, man. It was great. I, I think uh, most of the teachers were pissed that we didn't get through the whole handout. Yeah. We didn't get through the spiral, man. Right. I'm right. still waiting to go through the second half of my spiral, bro, man. <laughs> Dude, we're, we're here on the, uh, in in February. We'll be here. What is it? I think it's the 25th. All right. I'll come, and I'll come for the half day to get the second half of my spiral. Nah, you got to get the whole thing. <laughs> no, nah, yeah. You got to get you a full meal deal. Full of, dose. Yes. And uh, yeah, so uh, man, what what else? Anything else? And man, we covered a lot of stuff, brother. Anything else from just that day? No. Or are we talking about just teaching and life? Teaching in and life in general. Oh man, um, I think one of the things that was heavy on my mind uh, thinking about this um, was uh, was if you really knew me. You know that activity, man. I, yeah. just, I just read some this morning. Um, you know, and for my teen leadership kids, I, I didn't have a chance. We ran out of time, so they couldn't read them. So I still had them write them, and I read them. And it's just so heavy, man, hearing where these kids come from. Yeah, discuss that. Um, well, if you really knew me, uh, if you've seen the MTV show, is is pretty much just like that. If you really knew me, you'd know that. Dot dot dot. Right. Um, it's something that that we started doing um, way before the the MTV show came out. Yeah. And uh, so basically I read them, you know, my heaviest stuff, you know, the stuff that I don't tell many people that, um, and, uh, and so, so I read them that and I challenge them to tell me, you know, their heaviest stuff. And, you know, if the way I kind of put it, if there was a camera just kind of floating around and following you your whole life, 
What would you hate to get out on YouTube? What would you hate for somebody to, to post on Facebook? And, uh, and tell me about those times. And uh, so they, they write it down, and, and, and then we, we present them, we read them, and, and uh, it's just so heavy. And uh, to kind of get back to where we talked about how um, it's impacted me as a person and helped me improve myself is to see where these kids come from. You know, because they have these these horrific experiences. I mean, I've heard everything you can imagine yep. that you would never want wish to happen to a child. Yeah. Um, and, and and I've heard them all, and uh, and and here they here it are, here it is in flesh. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not a, it's not what I'm thinking. What the worst thing could be. It's it's they're telling me they experienced not, this. It's not something you can't connect with. It's on the news. Or a movie that's you know you know is fictional. Mm-hmm. This is real deal life, and uh, and here it is sitting in my room, and they're crying and they're reading it, and uh, and then here they are, a fairly successful person. Yeah. And uh, if that happened to me, I don't think I would be in their shoes. I probably wouldn't be in school. Right. You know, they the the thing that that they do that is just so amazing to me is they use it as motivation. They yeah. use it as motivation to improve themselves. They use it as motivation so that their kids never even have the remote possibility that that will ever happen to them. And, and they improve themselves. And, uh, and instead, which well, a lot of society does is use it as an excuse. And, uh, and then another beautiful thing that comes from it is within this classroom of you know 20 to 30 kids, you have these, these deep dark secrets being shared and there's always somebody else that has gone through the exact same thing or something very similar or someone that they love dearly has experienced, you know, something that, that is in that, somebody that in that room has gone through. And uh, it's just a, there's no other activity I've done uh, that bonds a group more closely together. There's no other activity i found that commands and demands such respect between peers um, it's, uh, it's mind blowing, man. And I can't imagine not doing it. You know, it really is. And, um, in, this is a, this is an activity you did this week. Uh, I, I, I had my teen leadership kids do it this week. Mm-hmm. So in teen leadership, I wait till the last six weeks, right? Yeah, because so it's a process to get them there. Right. And so let me talk about that because I think, you know, when people first hear that, they think, oh my God, I can never get my kids to do that. Oh yeah. But wait a minute. This is, so here we are in December. And this is, I, I, want, I don't want people to think that, um, you know, this is something that me or you or anybody's just kind of winging their way through. This is, this is a strategic approach that we have designed and thought about since the day they walked in and did their introduction of each other and their speech. So this... And you're digging a little bit deeper. Every speech you go to, you get yeah. a little bit more personal. But I did it in English. You know, I did it in my English one classes. That's I did the other it in every class say. I've ever taught. Right. Here's the thing, man. I'm so glad you brought that up because, you know, people think, well, I just don't have the time. I don't... It's like... You can't afford not to do it is, is, is what I tell people because this is because once you get to that point and you build your family in that classroom at such a deep level where they're sharing this thing and, and, we, and, and they've experienced, we've already built trust in the class. We've yeah. already built confidentiality. We've already built all the qualities that's needed for the foundation of some this experience to happen. And once it happens, man, it, it automatically, I mean, everybody, it, it, you could just feel this this beautiful bonding and cohesiveness of this family now. And, and, and what's also beautiful, bro, is, is I know now that these kids, when they walk down the hall and every pair of eyes they look into, they know that person's got a story. Everybody has a story. Person you love the most and the person you dislike the most all have some stories similar to somebody sitting in that room that you've grown to know and love within that semester. Yeah, yeah. And in pals, we call it campfire. Yeah. I don't know if you guys call it that. Well, yeah, we still, I mean, we call it camp, I still call it if you really knew me, but mm-hmm. we do it campfire style. Campfire style. Yeah. Yes. It's so heavy. I mean, it's just, uh, it's, there's, there's nothing like it. But in English, um, the way I did is I did it through journaling. So, uh, so I kind of, you know, for, I, I went to this um, professional development and I came back and I started implementing some stuff that I learned from it. And uh, then for about two months, I would, I would do some, some journaling that would kind of set us up to get me to, uh, to where I felt like we could do If You Really Knew Me. And uh, then we spent a whole week journaling If You Really Knew Me. And then we spent two full days reading them. That was it, man. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like you could do it in, in, in any classroom, but uh, you, know, you, 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 need, you have to build it. You can't just start tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you can't do it tomorrow. No. And it takes, you know, it's a, it's a strategic approach to, uh, it's consistently every day building this process. You know where it's going to go. 
But if you're involved with the class like PALS, I do, if you really knew me, uh, week three of yeah, PALS. exactly. It's accelerated process because you, you already have these kids. They're already bought into the program, uh, and, and, and they are a lot more okay with opening themselves up because they, they know they have the expectation. Right. So if you're involved with something like that, um, you can do it a lot more quickly. So if you, you, know, you, you know your classes, you know your feel, uh, your feel for your classes. So let me ask you a couple of questions, and, I, and, I, and I'll share mine um, as well. First, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you um, what you think, um, and dude, you are a phenomenal teacher. Yet, what do you think that you could improve on? And I'm gonna ask you the second question: Is what do you think that you are great at? Okay. Improve on. Um, first thing came to mind was just easily organization. Uh, my desk is atrocious right now. It's awful, man. Uh, tomorrow's a first period exam, and that's my off period. Uh -huh. So that's what I'm going to do is just clean my freaking desk. Right. Um, so be being more organized and and keeping up with dates and stuff. Like I know you're big on your calendar, whatever, it is. <laughs> whatever pretty, those things are. Right. Um, so I still don't have one of those. Uh, I know. I, I put some important dates in my phone if I really need it, but. Uh. Didn't I give you one? Yeah, I carried it in my back pocket for like a week, and, and, then it, and I didn't put anything in it. So I just, yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, you gave me one, but it's gone. Okay. Um, and uh, so organization um, would, would probably be my number one. Uh, and then the second thing I, I would like to improve on is 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 planning ahead a little bit better. I kind of just, uh, you know, kind of go week by week. I've, I've done a lot better job this year so far. Um, my first couple years in PALS, I, I was awesome uh, first, first time coaching. And... Um, Talk about mad respect for teachers that coach or coaches that teach or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough. I was hanging on by a thread for two years, probably my first two years of coaching, and it got easier. But um, uh, but probably plan planning ahead. Uh, and then uh, the thing I think that I'm the best at, um, it, it kind of what I what I hear a lot from my students is, is motivating them, mm -hmm. um, inspiring them. Uh, I'm, I'm real big on having one-on-one -on -one conversations. Uh, I, I'm pretty good at being able to to tell where a kid is at emotionally for that day, uh, and, and how I can approach them, and, and then saying putting putting the the thought together for them so that they can they can get it, understand it, and, and you know eventually do what I'm asking them to do. Yeah. Or inspiring them to to improve, and you know through teen leadership, uh, I'm just so blessed with the teach the classes that I teach with pals and teen leadership, you know where I get to focus on on, on character and I get to focus on, on on improvement, and I don't have to worry about this lingering test that's coming. I don't have to worry about getting through this unit. You know I can spend some extra time here and there when I need it, um, so that I can really, really pinpoint and and pound in this idea and and this quality that i'm trying to get them to 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 get to yeah i think for me since i said i was going to share mine i think where i can improve the most is um keeping in mind that um these kids have other classes <laughs> like i would get so focused on my thing yeah and, a bunch um, of pal sponsors do. Yeah, I would get so locked in on our family, and this is our lifestyle, and this is who we are, and our, we're together. And these kids are like, "Bump up, Bowman! I can't! I got! I got! I got a calculus!" And I remember you remember what I say? Calculus? You're taking calculus? Yeah. I said, "Do you have a calculator?" Yeah. Well, then what do you need calculus for? What's the matter with you? Get out of that class. Get, get, We're go. trying to change lives over here, man. We're trying yeah. to feed some homeless. Yes. Go sign up and be, be, be like a library assistant. Drop the calculus and spend more time. And so, and, um, and I was just like kind of this elitist, you know, and, um, and, but I thought, you know what I was really great at is I think back and um, I was always pretty impressed with my ability to run the first couple of weeks of school you know I had a little system in place on how I did things I don't know if you remember but you know we would start out and I would spread kids really far apart and the second they'd get closer and closer and the activities that we would do be kind of spread apart and then within the next days we're standing shoulder to shoulder and then we get them holding hands after the next day you know what I mean so I, I and, and just how you know how we're going to bring this family together and the content didn't matter I do this in biology I would do it and when I was band director pals team leadership you know um advanced academic strategies english whatever whatever and you know as so i was really good i felt at those first two weeks of really scripting it out in such a way where i'm not gonna i'm not gonna have 
behavior problems. You know, I don't have that. There's the, because you know what? Because I, I would tell I, I would tell teachers, you know, you, you can invest a lot of time up front, or you're gonna pay dearly every day for the rest yeah. of the year, man. So I, st I still use your formula, man. Do you? Well, with the Pallies, mm -hmm. especially, I still go week by week. Uh, from that thing you you wrote, you typed up. You actually typed it up. It's crazy. No, I didn't type that up. Somebody else typed it up. For me. Well, you must. You told them, and, uh, uh -huh. and they scribed it for you. I was just winging it. They but just you, typed. It you in. took it. Uh, you took it to that the Pals uh, meeting that we had with all our Pal sponsors. Uh -huh. um, so I, I still use that, and and uh, I still use um, basically the same format for the first six weeks. I added if you really knew me in there, because I knew you would do it more campfire style, and I and I wanted every kid to write it, and I wanted every kid to read it. And I wanted them to have a chance to write it so they could develop their thoughts and make sure that it was it was what they wanted to present. And and with yours, it was more campfire style. So some kid might talk for 15 minutes and some kid might talk for 15 seconds. Um, and so so that but but the formula is still very much the same. Yeah. It was and, and you're right. It was it was great. Yeah. All right, brother. I'm glad you nice came. Session. Man. We have part two. Yeah, we're not done. I think, I, think, I think we got a little bit more in there. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I feel like I can keep going. Yeah, yeah. But let's do this. Let's go, um, let's go have a burger and, uh, and some beer. But you said you're not going to have a beer. And I, so I'm going to have two. And we have a burger. I'll have two beers. There we go. And I'll have a, I'll have a Coke. Is that yeah, okay? Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, I'm going to let you have two Cokes. Woo! Yeah. And, uh, and, but, brother, I want you to promise that you'll come back and spend some more time. Yeah, I love it, man. Anytime. Right. Thanks for being here, brother. I appreciate you, Bowman. I love you. I love you. Thanks. Thanks so much, everybody. We appreciate you tuning in to the Teach Like a Rockstar podcast. The talented, the awesome, the vivacious, <laughs> the curvaceous Mabry Allen. Thanks, brother. Thanks so much for being here. Everybody else, we have shows coming up in Florida, Tampa, Fort Lauderdale, Jacksonville, Texas in February, Houston, San Antonio. We hope to see you there. Mabry, I want you to come to the Houston. Man, you haven't seen this thing in like three, four years. No, I need to get back. Houston. I, I know it's been polished. Yes. I know it's Dude, been, it's a whole different thing. It can't be a whole different thing. No, it's it's start like I said, I know where I start, I know where I finish, how we get there, you just never know. It's a scenic route. But yeah, I I do I want to be there. I'll put it on I'll put it on my calendar. Well yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know you're not coming. You bring mama, bring Amber and uh and have a day at it, man. Look, you have ninety minutes for lunch. It's exciting. What? 90 minutes? Yes! Dude, I'm there. All right, done. All right, so maybe Alan will be in the front row at, at the Houston show. Thanks so much, everybody. We'll see you next time. Peace and love.